Foo Fighters, The Sky is a Neighborhood, Island 1069, WIISQ West. Good morning, I'm Gwen Filosa, and with you for It's Too Early, the name of the show. I'm super excited to have my guest today. He's a sensation on TikTok with his videos on uh, what, what he cooks and his uh, knowledge of food and such. And we're going to talk a lot about cooking today. Jonathan Kung, good morning. Hi there. Good morning. Thanks for coming on. Is it is it too early for you? Because you're in Detroit. Normally, it wouldn't be too early, but I had that thing where you just like woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I didn't get to go back to sleep. And the next thing I knew, when I finally did fall asleep, my alarm rang. It was time to wake up. So yes. I am a little tired today. Uh, so am I every day because I wake up at <laughs> the last minute. But um, we're, we're going to get through it together. We're going to get through it together. All right. Now, you are a, a chef. How long have you been cooking? Um, I've been cooking for probably anywhere between 13 and 15 years, I think. Because you're a young, you're a young man. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I, operating on TikTok, you don't know what is young and what is old. Like, the, you have like, you have teens on TikTok straight up calling 20-year-olds boomers yes. with a straight face. So yes. my concept on what is young and old is completely <laughs> skewed at this point. But but I mean you're you know you're it's it's not as if you're in your fifties you you've been I mean you're, you're you've amassed a lot no of, no no uh, no work. oh no yeah I am I'm thirty I'm thirty seven I'm thirty seven it's also hard to tell how old you're after the pandemic because you just don't feel like anything yes. has happened these past couple years but no I, I'm thirty seven I feel like if I passed away tomorrow people would have still said I had gone too young even though everyone at my work thinks I'm very old. That's hilarious, and I, I feel you. Now, you, um, you've you been doing weekend dinners at Kung Food Market Studio and, and doing mm-hmm. some private meals, some some secret stuff going on with dinners, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, we have the pandemic, and you go to TikTok, and you become an, a sensation. You've got, how many followers do you have now? I think it's like 1.5 million That's followers on TikTok now. That's pretty yeah, good, Yeah, it's Sarah. not bad. It's not bad. And and I love your videos because I think they're they're um, in, informative, but they're fun, and it, they make me want to cook, which I cook sometimes. You know, I I can make eggs, but I mean, they make me want to mm-hmm. learn some some more um, some more uh, you know expand my horizon, so to speak. And um, let's just jump right into it. What what do you want to accomplish when you do a video? Oh well, essentially, when I I'm not really interested in people being wanting to cook the thing that I'm cooking necessarily, even though I am coming out with a cookbook, but that's still very far out. I'm in the process of writing one. But when it comes to like what people see on see me doing on my videos, like I'm more interested in inspiring people to cook mm-hmm. and to like just remind everybody that like if you make a bad meal, that's not the worst thing in the world that's going to happen to you. Probably not even the worst thing that's going to happen to you that day. So like you have people have the opportunity up to like three opportunities to practice cooking and it's a skill that you can build for yourself. So just inspiring people to cook whatever it is they want to cook is like my main goal when it comes to making those videos. And that's why like I'm not very instructional on my videos. Like I'm not giving steps. I'm either telling stories or just actually just kind of like building building a mood or a vibe within the video itself. But it is focused around food because it is the thing that I know how to do. 
Mm-hmm. And um, how would you describe your st- style of cooking? Where, where are you coming from? How would you describe your cuisine? Um, I would definitely describe it as like a Chinese American or a third culture cuisine. I was, even though I'm, I was born in the States, but raised all over the world. And my grasp on like what some people would call authentic or, or like authentic Chinese food is, is not really that of like, you know, what they would cook back in Hong Kong, a place that I had opportunity to both grow up in and visit almost like once a year throughout the course of my life. So the style of cooking that I do is more akin to like a kind of version of what people are used to over here, pretty much just cooking the memory of Chinese food with the ingredients and the resources that we have by growing up in the States. And um, let's talk about Chinese food because I grew up uh, Mm a very small town in Indiana and then I, but wherever, even living wherever I've lived, it's the, the restaurants that, oh, oh down, I mean, we're, this isn't New York. A lot of the restaurants have, mm-hmm. it's not Chinese food, is it? Mm-hmm. So, oh, well, you know, uh, I, I would argue that it it is. Like a lot of people's idea of small town Chinese restaurants, chop suey restaurants, um, they are, a lot of them, a lot of the ones that I've stopped at are actually like, you know, run by Chinese immigrant families and even like tiny, tiny towns that you would just never understand. Like, first of all, I want to know how it is they got there, but I don't want to ask Me any too. questions because if that's where they are, like, I don't know, maybe you're running away from some or hiding from someone who knows. But like what those restaurants actually serve as a, almost like a time capsule. Um, the old chop suey restaurants or the chop suey restaurants that we're used to seeing here kind of reflect what Chinese food used to be when people started immigrating here from China way back when. And we actually like forget that Chinese American food is 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 solidly like an American cultural uh, kind of like stamp. Uh, the first Chinese restaurant, for example, predates uh predates like the Super Bowl by like a hundred years mm-hmm. or something like that. Like Chinese restaurants in America existed before football did. Uh, so yeah, I would, I wouldn't call them Chinese food. I would actually call them American cuisine. Okay. Unfortunately, because of stigma, the stigma against it, it hasn't been able to really progress in the same way that other American cuisines have been able to progress. It's not, it didn't seem like, I guess, sexy enough for like chefs to bring it into the forefront or to highlight it or to allow it to kind of evolve in the way that like American cuisine, like with new American cuisine that we saw like in the 2000s has been able to like kind of like bring come into itself. We haven't seen that yet. And that like with my goal is doing that for Chinese American food because there is a lot of potential there. Um, I, I really believe that there's a lot of potential there. It just needs to be like, you know, respected a little more. That that's that that helps me a lot because I just I, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the, you're very kind, but some of these places, I mean, they're <laughs> catering. They're catering to what a oh, lot yeah, of yeah, American, yeah, yeah. a lot of middle America wants. And um, but your your stuff just looks so amazing. And I learned a lot about what was going on in in Amer- uh, Chinese American food. Now, what are the must have uh, ingredients, condiments, spices that if if people want to make you know good 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 Chinese food? I would say like some of the most 
I would well the most easier answer would just to be like to say all of them just just have all of all of them mm -hmm. but if you had to choose a couple I would look into like good brands of soy sauce so the lachois that you find at like maybe Meyer or whatever your main grocery store chain would be over there would not be one that I would recommend but like they make some very very good soy sauces that they ship I'm pretty sure out of like California or New Jersey one brand in particular is called Pearl River Bridge or Lee Kumki which is comes from Hong Kong and like these soy sauces are much more nuanced and they take to cooking very well there are many different kinds and people should play around with them um and as and also like get into the habit of uh, introducing whole spices into your home and then grinding them as needed because whole spices will last much longer than pre-ground spices will. And like it's, it, it's, it adds a much more depth of flavor to your dishes. If you just go through that extra step, get like a, an, a, a cheap coffee grinder and stuff to do the grinding for you. Um, and so, yeah, those, those things would be probably the staples that I would bring into my home if i was interested in exploring chinese food further that that's great advice because i buy the dried up stuff and some of it is flavorless <laughs> some of it i'm like why yeah. why do i have this <laughs> uh, so i'm gonna i'm gonna look into that now i, I wanted to ask about um uh, activism and you you mentioned mm -hmm. activism you have um some something uh, a video real really positive and empowering um being an ally for for transgender um what inspired mm -hmm. that and what uh, why is that important to to put out there uh yeah so tiktok and i partnered up for uh, a program that they called giving season and what we were able to do was choose a nonprofit and TikTok would not only donate money to them on, on our behalf, but we were also able to like make videos um, supporting su uh, supporting the organizations that we choose. And I had chosen the Trans Lifeline just simply because like it was with everything that has been happening in the news. I feel like uh, transgender the transgender community and transgender rights had really he like had shown how vulnerable that community has been not just in america america but, but like throughout the world and it just to me seemed like the right thing to do to support a community that i felt and that i see as being exceptionally in need of support and so that's that's essentially was my motivation behind choosing it that's great that's great and um I, one of the videos i just loved it you you got home kind of late and you you still made dinner you grabbed uh, some noodles and you cut up some type of amazing looking starch or vegetable um, can you talk about that about going that extra mile when you I mean do you ever go to Taco Bell and just give up uh, yeah absolutely there is room in everyone's <laughs> life for chicken nuggets at four o'clock in the morning because we are all that person we all all have been that person unless you're a vegan in which case you would go to Taco Bell at four o'clock mm -hmm. in the morning because they have vegan food but um, so, I mean, like that, when I say, like, I just wanted to, when I want to make cooking videos that are inspired or that want to, like, uh, kind of, like, establish a vibe without instruction and stuff. So that's what I want to, that's what I talk about. Like, you know, I kind of, like, act in a way where, like, I just, you know, try to show how tired I am and what, what it is, like, what a struggle meal could be. If you just like wanted to put a little bit of extra effort into it, if you had that in you, 
Um, in that case, that was literally like a pack of dried noodles um, cooked in the way that you would cook a pack of dried noodles. But I also happened to have some delicata squash, some beautiful Michigan squash. delicata squash. That's what it was. Yes. And delicata squash is one of my favorite things about that cusp, the cusp of between summer and fall because they are a so easy to cook and be so delicious. They taste almost like like a, a, a custard. They almost have a custardy sweetness to them. And you don't have to peel them at all. You just wash any dirt off of the skins and you roast them right away with some olive oil and some salt and you can throw them on with anything. So in the same time that it and it made and you it takes like maybe 20 to 30 minutes. So in the time that, you know, it takes for you to like finish assembling a bowl of noodles, the squash is almost ready. You can throw them right in. And yeah, that, that, that to me was uh, just me expressing how tired I was feeling that day, but still thinking that I was deserving of at least some kind of good meal. That's great. It was inspiring because I was like, I need to do that. Now, you've got you're on YouTube, you're on TikTok, you've got the, the mm -hmm. Kung Food Market Studio. Um, do you, st you you still do the private? Din I mean, you'll you're, you'll do a private dinner, right? Oh, yeah. Um, well, well, I used to do the private dinners quite a quite a lot. But before the pandemic, we were smack dab in the middle of construction. Mm. So I do I did. I secretly hosted these dinners out of Detroit for probably like five years and then we were just about to legitimize with like a restaurant downstairs and like a, a commercial kitchen upstairs and we were, we were about to do the whole thing and then everything came to a halt because of the pandemic and so things got complicated we now have to like leave the building before they continue construction on it and so now we're waiting on our house to be finished renovating it just put a huge delay on everything but long story short uh the second floor has no is standing on stilts pretty much and okay. i can't have more than a few people in this building at, at once once it's done i plan on making a big announcement i just don't know when that is um but i hope to cook for people again soon i do miss doing that and um, final question, I think I might keep you on. You're amazing. You're an amazing guest. Um, <laughs> what makes what makes a great dumpling? What makes the perfect dumpling? Like, what, how should the texture? How should it? How should it taste? Ah, uh, the best dumpling is the dumpling that you learn to make for yourself. Absolutely. Mm. Like it is. I used to actually teach dumpling making courses first through Airbnb experiences when they had just started doing that, and then just. I just got big enough that I was able to just do it out on my own website and just the joy that people get of learning this really simple tactile skill of making dumplings. And the filling was super easy. It was always either a pork or a mushroom and rice filling, depending on your dietary needs with a little bit of soy sauce, a touch of sugar and a like just the hint of MSG. And it was very simple. And we boiled them all afterwards. And people just loved them so much because not only did the food taste good um, and not only did you make them with your hands, but as with making a lot of dumplings in the same way, in the same tradition that say like you would make like tamales or something, you actually did it surrounded by people talking about whatever it is you wanted to talk about. So that whole experience is uh, what made those dumplings taste great to them. So I would say the best dumpling you'll ever have is the one that you learn to make by yourself. I mean, the, that you learn how to make surrounded by friends. 
That's so great. And I want to thank you, though, for, for letting us know it's perfectly fine to use ramen and, and such to, to make oh. food. I, 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 I appreciate that. 100%. Absolutely. You're the best. Chef John Kung, thank you so much for coming on the show. Continued success. And we, we're going we're gonna to bug you to come on again. All right, for sure. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> Bye-bye. You too. And thank you all for tuning in this morning to It's Too Early. This show is also available as a podcast, and it's up on Spotify, Audible, Stitcher, um, Google Podcasts. You you Google it, it'll, it'll come up. we got more than 50 episodes up there. And like today, we had chef, we've had other chefs, we've had uh, uh, environmentalists, scientists, historians, actors. You, you're familiar with the show. Comedians. We, we do okay down here. We've had local artists on. And um, yeah, so, so check it out. And I'm going to play a song and come back with a look at news and your weather forecast. This is Tegan and Sarah speaking slow. Island 1069. Stick around.